6.01 p.m. I am exactly one minute and 42 seconds late. Oh, how could I do such a thing to you for real? What's going on, guys? Are you here? Are you happy? Are you ready to hang? Oh, uh, well, I hope you are because we're about to roll this thing. Uh, to get the show started, let's go ahead and roll the motherfucking intro. Here we go. What's going on, Print Fam? It's your boy, Cam, and welcome back to the Print Life Live Video Podcast. Here is what's happening today on the Print Life. We're going to start it out with our industry news, uh, along with industry shop news, or independent shop news. Uh, then for our business topic, we're going to talk about the importance of shop research and development. We're going to talk about it briefly. And last but certainly not least, the meat and potatoes of this podcast is our live Q&A. And we have a new segment, The Hotline. So call The Hotline right now to get your questions answered and featured on the show tonight. 800-806-3518, extension 5. Remember, you got to hit extension 5. So go do it right now. Do it now. It's 6.03. Have it done by 6.04. Go make the call. Uh, in other areas, we got to do the social reminders. Follow me at Cam Irvin on Instagram and Twitter. Again, that's at Cam Irvin. It's like right up here, right there. Uh, subscribe to the Print Life podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Give me a five-star review. And say something nice in the review. Share my YouTube videos a lot. Share them a lot. We're about to hit 10,000 subscribers. Thank you to everyone that's hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you've hit the bell or that you've dinged the bell so that you're notified when I upload a new video. Been taking the past couple of days or past couple of weeks off, but I will be getting back to it shortly. I'm just not in a rush. Uh, and then remember, we go live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time right here on YouTube. And if you're interested in being on the show, I need you guys to hit me up on the DM through Instagram or hit me up on Twitter through the messenger. Um, kind of let me know what topic or what area of expertise you have, and we'll figure out what we're going to talk about on the next live show. So that's coming up soon. As long as we get to, um, you know, 100 live viewers or some shit like that, we're going to start bringing in guests. So let everybody know that we're here. Share right now to all your Facebook groups, all the screen printing groups. Start sharing so that people start clocking in, man. If we get 100 live viewers tonight, then I'll have a guest next week. Okay. Now, you guys know that I've been experimenting with different segments. I've been experimenting with different equipment and all kinds of different stuff. Just trying to get this damn thing under control. Uh, but last weekend, for some ungodly reason, the show cut at 42 minutes. It just cut. I don't know why it happened. Uh, probably some kind of bandwidth restriction or something. Don't know. Hopefully it doesn't happen again tonight. But if it does, uh, I, I don't really know. I don't know. I'll just try to keep an eye on it. I'll pay a little bit more attention. But I can't, I can't guarantee it's not going to happen again. More than likely, when we start taking the calls, that seems to be when it when it shuts it down. We'll see. Uh, I've thought of a couple of different segments, and another one that I'm introducing besides the hotline is something called fashion trends. 
Now, <laughs> I, I don't know how well this is going to go because it's fashion. And if any of you are familiar with me, I've been hella into the streetwear industry, you know, for since forever. Since I was 18 years old. 36 now. So, a long time. But... It has kind of segued into a, a different world with a lot of cut and sew shit. But at the core of sh of streetwear are t-shirts, and at the core of the screen printing industry are t-shirts as well. So I feel like it's a um, a good topic for us to cover briefly, mainly just to to make sure that myself and you guys are somewhat aware of the current trends when it comes to the imprintables market and. And it's crazy, like, how streetwear has changed so much. Uh, it went from, like, this underground, almost skate counterculture kind of thing to ultimately being the main fashion staple right now. I mean, it, it's, on, it's on the same, especially some of the top brands like Supreme and Bape and, uh, you know, uh, fucking Neighborhood, a bunch of other ones. They're on the same level as Versace and Gucci and, and even, like, those brands like guests and stuff so it's a very important and i think for us as screen printers who deal a lot with uh startup clothing lines and shit like that we got to stay on top of it so i've explained it long enough uh, i'm just going to go over it quickly today just to kind of get a get a feel from you guys on what you think and then um if i have a good response if you kind of enjoy talking about it briefly let me know in the chat also if you're really in to the streetwear game maybe hit me up in the dms on instagram uh i would maybe like to bring on a guest for this segment that really has their ear to the grindstone of that of the streetwear industry uh and maybe they would be willing to do kind of like a guest feature every other week or something so if that's if that's your strength let me know in the dm on instagram anyway i got a screen set up here and what I'm going to use is Hype Beast. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's a long-running magazine based on count, uh, street fashion to some degree or another. Uh, and you can kind of filter things out here. And I, I was browsing through it earlier just to kind of to get, a, to get a gauge of where everything is. And you can see right from the gate. Even though there are tons of cut and sew things going on in the industry, they're, they're, even some of the smaller brands are starting to produce fucking like bomber jackets and all this and that, their own custom bags, their own custom pants, the whole, the whole shebang, jeans. The t-shirt is still the staple. It really is. And this is a prime example of that. Now, this is Acne Studios, A-C-N-E, uh, and I am not familiar with them. Okay, and it'll when I click this, I don't know what is going to happen, but you can. What I'm noticing with this particular T-shirt and a bunch of other ones is that, um, and this is a trend. That's, this one's kind of a little bit more like a few years ago, but the big multicolor prints. This is something that has actually sort of died out in recent in recent years. But these, you know, these are cool. But you can see it's just a multicolor kind of low resolution print and you are seeing some of this stuff now but not so much lately what you'll what you would actually see a lot more of is and also if you guys are listening it's basically a series of t-shirts with a they're low resolution they almost look like large half tones with a middle finger uh on the front of the shirt sticking out saying uh, to go f off it's actually pretty cool 
Uh, this is one that I saw here. Now, there has been a resurgence in street fashion, everything, to late 80s, early 90s style fashion. And if you look at fucking Kanye or any of these other kids, the Biebs and Kanye are always kind of like that line, right, where it's almost going out but it's it's still pretty popular at the moment but they're all wearing a lot of that early 90s shit and the prime example is guess so we've seen a resurgence in champion which was used was in walmart for a long time but now they're hotter than ever uh guess uh who else is some of the big ones that were coming up starter had their time on the on the lineup uh, i'm seeing a resurgence with fila shoes they're all hot shit right now the point is the 90s is back and in full effect and part of that that style from that era was the what you're seeing right here with this guest t-shirt and if you're just listening it's essentially a two color front two color back the back is a full print right maybe 10 inches wide and then we've got the left chest maybe three inches wide on the front and this style of almost work shirt is what is happening right now in the higher end fashion prints this is it it's had its full resurgence and this is what's happening the big all over prints or the the huge jumbo prints on the front at the moment it ain't the thing to do you might see a few here and there but that's almost uh almost out of style i can't say that it won't be the thing coming in in the next month or two or a year from now but at the moment it's all about this simple 90s kind of workwear kind of aesthetic. Uh, and what else was there? There was something else I wanted to talk about, and I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, e this is another prime example. Union Tokyo actually did a collaboration with Cause, and if any of you are familiar with that, with that motherfucker, he's like the most prolific street artist, not really a graffiti artist, but a graffiti artist, uh, in the world i think right now he's the most prolific the most famous and he, he's doing collaborations with sometimes much smaller almost boutique style streetwear brands and a lot of them are just doing really simple prints like the one you're looking at here it is a white halftone sketch type of image on a black t-shirt and in most cases it's probably a gildan very often that's another thing that's happening in the fashion industry right now it's the last thing I'm going to talk about, is the trend away from this super slim fitted next level American apparel type of cut. Uh, back to that 90s era, boxy, a little bit shorter, a little bit wider, a little bit looser collar aesthetic. Uh, another popular thing is what they call the drop shoulder, where the shoulder seam looks basically too big for you, right? It drops well past your shoulder, uh, and then extra long sleeves, like going down to your elbow type of shit. That's that's what's happening right now. It's fucking, it's weekend dad apparel. And another prime example of that, this is the, this is where I, this is where I, they lose me, dude. Because Kanye West just released the, the Yeezy Wave Runners. And I'm trying to find them here. Here's some other stuff. Uh, 90s era guests. All damn day long. I'm sure you guys can't see me. I was outside of the frame that whole time. 90s era guess right there. Sh holy shit. Uh, how are we streaming? We doing okay? Everything holding up? Oh, well, I can't find it. Well, I'll cover the, the Kanye thing next week because it's a fucking phenomenon of epic proportions. But anyway, that's 
is our little fucking fashion trend update. I'm not going to do it every single week, but maybe we'll do it every other week. I'd really like to get a special guest on that segment and really bring some like cut like some high-end knowledge of the industry into this show. I think that would be really cool. Uh, let me just go to the chat right quick. I just want to make sure that I'm keeping up with you guys. Yeah, guys. So I, uh, uh, hopefully it's it's a it's a fun thing for you. Yeah, you guys, let me know in the chat if this kind of segment is something that would interest you. It's it's an interest of mine, so I kind of want to talk about it, even though it, I'm gonna try to keep it screen printing related, but uh, could be hard to do, right? But it would be fun to have this be a little bit of a variety show. I mean, it's the print life, but it's also just me up here babbling and shit like that. So it ain't all got to be uh, screen printing exclusively. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our um, shop news. Now, I didn't bring in any industry news at the moment, so we're just going to jump right in to the, um, the... Oh, my God. Every time I go live, I have to log back in here. That pisses me off, dude. Hang on, guys. Logging in. This is amazing. And I can never remember my f my uh, Facebook password. Nailed it. First try, dude. Nailed it! Alright. Let's do the uh, Print Life follow-up thing, man. Or the Print Life shop news. So, someone put me on game to this. I type in news here. And then it gives me the option to filter it by most recent. So let's go ahead and filter that. And again, guys, if you want to get your question featured on the show, call the hotline right now. Uh, and you will, you can leave your message, follow the instructions, and I will play it here coming up shortly. Um, I got to get close because I can't see the shit. So this is from Carlos Cesares. And he... He's just given us uh, some quick updates on his shop. He's been uh, lurking around the group for a long time, but this is his first post. And he has acquired a new blanket for his exposure unit. After getting it um, installed and then using it, um, I'm actually going to go down here further. Getting it installed and using what he thought would work for a gasket seal. The thing won't vacuum down. He's pulling the material. Okay, this is a question, so I can't do that. Eric Melling, he's got him some shop news for me. Let's check this out. Um, dude, I'm right there with you. Water base kicked our ass, so switch to Plastisol to do the order. On actual shop news, we got ourselves a Vastex D100. Congratulations, Eric, on the D100. I have one as well. They're awesome. Uh, looks like Becky from Advanced Screen Technology out here in Arizona hooked them up with it. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, I bought mine through them as well. Uh, now he's got to go back, reassess, and figure out this water-based thing because he had to give it up on this one. Happens to me, dude, all the time. Water-based ink still kicks my ass. It's not consistent for us. It, it, it beats us good sometimes. My, I am looking for the right water-based printer to get on the show and um, I'm going to pick his brain 
for my shop and I'm also going to do it for you guys. We're going to get them on here. We're just going to just slam them with questions and ask them all the tips and tricks that they got. I'm looking for the white, the right water-based printer. So if you are a water-based printer, preferably you do it exclusively, then we want you on the show. All of us, the entire print fam. We want you here. Some other shop news from Ryan Marshall. They had a customer in North Carolina call last night, needed 20 shirts for an event on Sunday. Uh, in less than 24 hours, they managed to design the image. They printed the shirts and then got them shipped out to be on his door by Friday afternoon. Killed it, dude. Fucking killed it. That's called being Johnny on the damn spot. Great job, dude. Ryan, you belong in this game for sure. Uh, who else we got here? We got Brad Magenheimer. Uh-oh, I clicked on your... Uh, ah, shite. Ah, shite. Hang on. So this is an interesting thing, because I don't know how to go backwards on this. Huh. Back, dude. Let's go back. Let's go back. There it goes. God damn, dude. That went well. I uh, clicked on the wrong thing, and there's no back or forwards buttons because I'm... Anyway, it's a whole thing. All right, back to most recent. So Brad Magenheimer. Let's see what he's got going on here. And that's my boy from uh, CTA Prints. They had a uh, separation studio for about two years now and finally feel like they have a good, enough, a good enough grasp on how to use it correctly for the style of art that they print. They do a lot of this, um, you know, like auto racing T-shirts and car show shirts. These are, you know, they people have been printing them for a long time, but they are they're tricky prints sometimes. So I'm glad you guys were able to figure out how to use it with separation studios. That's awesome. Looks really good, by the way. Yeah, looks really good. Congratulations, Brad. And um, look forward to hearing what else you guys got going, bro. Uh, who else we got here? Andy Smith. If you don't have room, he says, make room. He had this 12 by 24 building dropped in his backyard this morning. Uh, it even has a fancy porch. That's pretty cool. It's like an extra large portable shed that's sick dude very cool congrats brother and looking 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 Lots of questions, but we had a few of you submit some news. Oh, here's some stuff for you. Uh, Marshall Atkinson is writing an article on shops implementing the new accounting methods from the book Profit First. If you're on that journey, uh, hit him up, and maybe he can help you guys out with that. I've been working on implementing it for a little while now. I like it. Uh, and I've, I was going to look into a profit first accountant, but my current accountants have actually been able to implement the system really well. So we're getting everything figured out. Uh, 
One of the crappiest problems in the book addresses this because they have a whole series of banks that won't charge you fees. But like I, I bank with Wells Fargo and they fee you, dude. You either have to make a transfer every – you either have to carry a balance or you have to make a transfer of $25 to a savings account, which is what I do. So it's not a fee, but it is a goddamn hassle. So that's kind of a, a little deterrent with Profit First, but overall it is going well. So if, if you're trying to figure out how to – keep your money flowing and start stacking that cash you gotta read profit first whether you take marshall up on his offer or not it's a it's a good system it helps and we got something here from brian buffka and this is a little interesting news let's see what's happening here he says don't tell him this ain't a big deal 19 million dollars for selling harley davidson knockoffs online okay so this is some some uh, industry news. I'm opening up the web page here, and I'm going to read it to you guys. So, Sunfrog is a, I guess it's like an online t-shirt designer or whatever, has been ripping off Harley Davidson stuff for some time now, and Harley sued him, and they won $19.2 in statutory damages. Um, and ultimately, they, I guess they were selling counterfeit shit, man. It's it is strange how that works out. It's like um, they don't care if you're only selling a hundred a month. They're not. They care, but they're not going to come after you. But when you start selling thousands of designs a month, yeah, dude, you're going to get slammed. They're going to slam you. They're definitely going to slam you. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, dude. Thanks for the update on that, my man Brian over there. He's hooking us up with that industry shop news. Uh, actually, Brian, dude, keep that stuff coming, man. That really helps me secure some industry news without having to do all the research, man. I appreciate that. If you're down to continue doing that, let me know, man. That's pretty good. And I think that that's about it, man. Everything else hasn't been some 23rd. Yeah, that's it, guys. I feel like we got a good little batch of independent shop news there. So let's go ahead and move back into the, uh, <laughs> you know, the business topic of the day. Sometimes these things go well. Sometimes I fail at them horribly. Today's, I, I, I don't know how it's going to go. So this is adorable what I done did here. I Look at this. So I got this little, like, can you see this? Yeah, I spent a shitload of time, dude, like writing a whole thing, right, about shop R&D. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm brainstorming it. The, but the goddamn, the problem is, is I can do it one of two, two ways. I still half-ass write it, but I can just basically look down at this and read it. Uh, or I can browse it and then try to riff on it, and then I completely screw it up, lose, lose my place in the thing. Uh, and then it all falls apart. So today, like I wrote all this shit, but I'm not, I'm not going to use it, man. Uh, I'm going to actually turn it off and let's see how this goes. This could be funny, dude. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, let's see how this goes. Hang on. Not even, I don't even have a goddamn cliff note. Usually like I'll have like, okay, you know, uh, bullet points. I don't even have that today. So this is going to be interesting. So, in regards to shop research and development, 
the reason that I want to talk about this in particular is because Jesse and myself, I vlogged about it all week. It's a week-long vlog that will probably be uploaded on Saturday or Sunday. But we've been messing with some, some water-based inks from CCI. It's called the T-Charge system, which is an, it's an awesome system because it's super easy to mix water-based colors. We've been using Matsui. Awesome water-based ink, but... I, I just can't stand using their old mixing system. I, I just can't stand using it. It's it's good. I don't want to slam Matsui. They're still a great ink company, but it had some shortcomings. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, also, so where was I going with this? We were testing it out this week, and we ran into some hiccups. And we, we were testing it during a production run, and it started to kind of like bind us up, and then we had to, to shift our focus a few times, and ultimately it caused us more problems than it was worth. Uh, and that led me to the situation of research and development, wherein I should have, weeks ago, been testing that, that, that ink out and its capabilities. Now, I did a few discharge tests with it, but what I wanted to do this week was do a print, flash it, do a second print and have it be opaque enough that it would look bright without a white underbase. Very similar to what you can do with Plastisol. Uh, you can also do that with the green galaxy line, like they're whites. So you can do a print, flash it, do another print, and have a fairly opaque white graphic. Well, with these T-charges, we fell short on that. Um, and had I done a little bit of research ahead of time, I would have discovered that... It wasn't going to work, and we wouldn't have wasted a bunch of time at it. And I think what happens with a lot of shops is that in the beginning, we test a lot of stuff out. More than likely the stuff from our local supplier, right? We grab a few different brands. We test some stuff, stuff that's easy to acquire, and we find what works for us. And then once we have figured out what works, we pretty much... I'm guilty of this, and maybe I'm speaking for some of you, and I'm speaking out of turn, but we more or less stick to that shit come hell or high water we get comfortable with something and we never try out anything else ever again and i think in my personal opinion that that mentality is so wrong it's scary it's it's gonna it's detrimental to your shops to your to to your growth to um being able to provide your clients all of the solutions they need so that you can make sure you're giving them exactly what they want and uh, a whole bunch of other shit that I can't think of right now. To be a shop on the cutting edge or even just capable of keeping up with the guy down the street who has a whole R&D department, you got to do some testing. Right? You got to test different screens, different inks, different chemicals, different products, even if you can afford it, different types of equipment. And I think that the problem that we all that we all run into, I, I mean, at least speaking for myself, I definitely run into, is I guess setting the time, doing it right, just actually doing it, buying these products that you're not used to, right, and then figuring out how they work, and then setting up a job that's not paying you. You're actually paying to do it. You know, you're doing all these things. You're losing money. You're spending your own time, uh, and you just don't want to do it. But when you come to the realization that you need to, you got to develop a plan so that you can start experimenting with things and finding all of these new options out there. So 
today or this week when I was going through it, that's where I came to, I came up with this idea. And ultimately what this idea is, is something that, I mean, any high level CEO or CFO of any big company, they're all, or I talk about athletes all the time because they're a prime example of people that set structures in place. They set, they set time aside. Maybe it's during the day. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once a month to pursue some kind of a skill set. Like a, a basketball star might spend five days a week working on drills, right? But then they may take one day a month or one day a week and work work Steve Nash. Thumbs up to Steve Nash. Shout out to Steve Nash on uh, their son of a bitch. I can't think of the word. Peripherals? Peripherals. Peripherals vision. Right? He's not doing it every day, but he's working on it enough that he's expanding his skill set. And I think as printers, it's our responsibility to do something similar. Now, maybe you only do it once a month. Maybe you do it every quarter. But to pull it off and to successfully dive into testing, uh, you got to set some time aside. I would say that's step number one. So you say, and this is what I'm going to start doing. So every, for me, it's going to be uh, every other week, right? So every Saturday, or every, let's say, third Saturday of the month, or every fourth Saturday of the month, we are going to test a new product, right? So you have the date. And it's like, without a doubt, every Saturday at this time, you're testing something. So the next step will be you better have something to test, right? And it needs to be something new, something out of your scope of normal printing techniques and chemicals and shit like that. So you start making a list of things you want to test out. For me personally, one of the inks that I haven't even gotten my hands on or seen in person is the Permaset Aqua. So I got to get my hands on some of that shit and I want to test it out. Um, so that's the next thing I'm going to try to acquire and, uh, and start doing testing on it. That's not actually on the priority though. I have a, a lot of other stuff that I'm testing, but you get the point, right? And if you are doing this, I think on a, for a cons consistently once a month, uh, I believe that you will actually start expanding, uh, your skills and you'll start expanding your understanding of screen printing inks and how most inks are very similar, right? They are, they're all similar. They all get laid down on a garment and they do a print and it looks good, right? Most emulsions, you coat the screen with them uh, and then you fucking shoot them and then you wash them out and you can push ink through them and print the damn thing on the shirt. It's pretty simple, right? But within that basic function, there are layers, uh, subtle layers that do make differences, right, on the print. Uh, on all of these different things. Another thing that I, it's going back to some stuff that I really want to test out, is the whole Newman roller thing. I've looked at it for years. For a long time, they were all the rage. I feel like some shops have started backing off of them, mainly because of the cost and maintenance. But I know for a fact they have their place. And I would love to do a few tests with them and just figure out what they're all about, see if they are, in fact, better, see how hard they are to deal with. So that's something else that's on my list. Uh, anyway final conclusions why is it important to test things out and check things out especially if what you're doing already works just fine well one of the things that i've seen is like so like let's say you do a um a white print and um 
You hand them, you hand, you do a white print on a 50-50 blend. You discharge it, right? And you hand it off to your clients, and maybe you forgot to explain it to them or whatever. Uh, actually, that's not really a good example because you should have explained it as a printer. But just understanding, like, okay, you told the clients that you could print this job in water-based, right? But it's a dark garment, and... Uh, you're not familiar with regular water-based printing. You pretty much only discharge. This is kind of our scenario. You pretty much only discharge your garments, right? If it's not that on the dark garment, you're kind of... So you have to figure out a way to still provide a water-based, super soft, super thin print, uh, but not have, have it turn into like a light heather gray instead of a bright white. Yeah, so you have to figure these things out. And if you are doing proper R&D all the time, uh, you can still provide the client what they want. Even if you forgot to tell them that it would heather, you, you still have a way to provide them with a water-based ink print, and it still looks good, and it's bright the way they're expecting, and everything's okay. So that's the whole point. And the more that I mess around with these different water-based inks, the more I'm finding that to be the case, that there is a solution for everything as long as you know what it is uh another another prime example is that we had a client that wants um they wanted plastisol but they don't want it to be actually a couple we had a couple different situations with this where they want plastisol but they don't want it to be shiny right so there's you start looking into additives and you find out that there's actually like a, a d there's d shining agents from different brands like Will Flex has one. I think International Coatings has one. A bunch, a bunch of them have these things that will dull down the sheen on a plastisol print. It was that was honestly the first request I've had for that. And uh, so today I started doing some stuff and sure shit found some solutions right. And I'm excited to do some testing on it before we actually go into production and we'll we'll uh, move forward from there. So it's important to know all of your options in this industry and then you can provide your clients with a premium print service and that is what is going to set your shop apart whether you're a small one-man operation, a five-man operation or you got a, a hundred motherfuckers running around you know pretending like they're they're doing something. And uh, that's it, man. I think that's 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 my business topic for the day. Yeah, it didn't last. It doesn't. See, that's the thing. It's only 6.35, so when I'm just freestyling it, I don't think it lasts as long. Anyway, uh, I do have another segment that we're also introducing now. And I've done this before. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But I really enjoy it. And this is uh, the Instagram shout-out. Eh, i got to get centered up here. Right. Eh, okay, I'm going to lean in. What up? See, dude, every time I go live... fucking makes me log back in it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen now i have this one shout out that i want to do and for the life of me i can't remember if i've if i've done them before if i have oh well but i i had a print from them you know what Nah, i'm not gonna grab it right now it's probably in here i got a screen print from these guys and it's just the most beautiful shit and of they essentially get these different artists. It seems like they have a handful of them that they like to work with on a daily basis. Uh, and, then, and then they do these limited run screen prints. A lot of stuff from Metallica and 311. It's a lot of uh, band poster printing, which is another amazing screen printing industry. If you're looking for a niche, um, 
this is a viable one. It's really cool. My preference, my first love has always been um, graphic printing. I actually prefer it over textile printing in a lot of ways. So I just love what they're doing. And like no matter where you go, you can just look at all of their amazing prints and they're just beautiful. They use these really bright, vibrant colors. So shout out to F4 Studios, man. I mean, they're just, they're killing it. Like, look at this one. I don't even know. Who's this artist here? This is from uh, somebody named Perfect Toronto. We may need to look into that guy. Another one that I do want to start featuring on here is the artists. Not just screen printing shop, but, but artists. Because ultimately, we print graphics. And the more that we can highlight different artists the more that we the more resources we as we as printers have at our fingertips that we can you know sometimes you have a, a great graphic artist you don't need to pull a goddamn commission but you can absolutely refer your client to them right and then you're you're keeping the cycle going you, you get especially if you get in touch with them and you have a working relationship with some of these designers you never know where it'll end up but just shout out to F4 Studios. Like, look at this Metallica poster, dude. Someone illustrated this thing. It's beautiful. Pinks and purples. and It's hot. It's fucking hot. So that's my Instagram shout out for the day, guys. Uh, you go check it out. I love it. I got one of their prints. I would like to have more, but ow. That really hurt. That really, really hurt. So let's go ahead and move on to our, our Q&A. And this is a, a two-part process. The first part, actually, before I do that, let me go back to the chat, make sure we're still live, nothing's cut out. Go all the way back. We good? Cool. All right, everything's good. Thanks, guys. Um, Let's move on to the Q&A. So hopefully some of you guys called in. But I have a bunch of calls that, that uh, were submitted last week when we were so rudely cut off. So I am going to start with those. And we'll work our way down the list. And hopefully the thing doesn't cut out. I'll check every, every other one. Oh, yeah. Got some good fresh calls in here. So we're going to start out with Linda Aronia. Okay, this is from Linda. Thank you for calling hey, in, Linda. Man, this is Juan. Oh, no. Uh, Wrong one. Oh, man. Where'd it go, dude? Oh, no. It only shows, like... Hang on, guys. I'm trying to figure some shit out here because overview messages okay i gotta go back to the here we go all right jamie Langman. here we go now i figured it out okay the first one is actually from nicole hey, hart hey, print fam. it's nicole here hey cam would you do me a favor and please speak about the trademark process you went through for the print life kind of what information is needed to file how long it was before you were given a decision on your ownership of the mark mm -hmm. and any other advice you would have for filing. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for calling in, Nicole. That's awesome. Uh, this, you are my second caller on the show officially. So that's sick. You're treading, breaking new ground. 
I love it when you like when you when you lead into a sentence and then you don't know where you're going and then you get there and you don't have the words to complete it. It's a total bummer. I wish it didn't happen, but it does. Back to your question. Applying for a, um, a trademark is you, you can go a couple different ways. You can go through a lawyer. That's going to be the most expensive, but it's also the most reliable. Right? They know how to do the research. They know how to file. They understand all of these things. There is another option out there where you can kind of file it yourself through some of these online programs. Now, I can't let – me, let me think about this. I'm going into my email here to um, see what it was. Yeah, so the service that I use is an online platform, and it's called Trademark Engine. That's your second option. There's LegalZoom. There's a bunch of other ones. But to me, I, I did some research. Trademark Engine had a really good track record. And the way they do it is it's nice. You can tell there's still professionals overseeing it. Uh, the costs vary widely. If you go through a lawyer to file your mark, I would say per category, you're looking at all in, I would say 1000 to 1500 bucks. That's all in. But... It's a, it's much more likely that it will get approved that you won't mess something up or miss something that could be de, you know denied by them. The other option is the, the uh, like what I use trademark engine, and in that scenario you're looking at I uh, I filed for two different categories I filed for apparel and then I also filed for filed for entertainment. And with those two, I think I was at a thousand bucks all in. That was in my filing fees, the whole thing. And that was for two. Whereas with a lawyer, if you had two, I think you'd be right around two thousand twenty five hundred. So it's it's cheaper to do it yourself. But I think if it's your first time, just pay the extra. I would say get the lawyer. Now I can um I can refer you to one. I used uh, Javier Morales the first time around for my for a Monument Limited. Just Google Javier with an X, Javier Morales. And, you'll, and then type in trademark with that, and you'll find him. He did a great job. He's fast. He's prompt. He stays on top of it. And he is one of the more affordable lawyers that I found. Um, in terms of timeline, so one more thing. Do not file it yourself through the USPTO. It will kick. You will miss so much. You'll, you'll fuck it up. You'll spend your 200 or maybe $300 now on your filing fee. It'll get denied. You'll miss it. You'll have to do it again and again and again. Just hire a professional or use the app or the service, the online service. Um, in terms of timeline, after you file, it was it, it's they say it could be as short as like three or four months, but that's not been my experience ever. Usually six to eight months, maybe even a year to, to hear if it's even approved. Right now, once it's approved, it's submitted through this publication. It's like this. Um, I don't know. It's one of their I don't know what it is. It's some kind of publication and it it sits there. So it's basically approved, but it sits in a, at a period of time for a certain amount of time where somebody can. um have a rebut, I don't know the, the legal word for it, but they can file a claim against it saying, oh, well, maybe they were using it first or maybe they feel like they have right to the to the mark, whatever. There's a certain amount of time when it's filed in that publication that they can rebut it, rebute it, rebut it, whatever the word is. If that doesn't happen, and I think that that, I don't know how long that runs, I can't even remember, uh, a couple of months, is if no one gets in there and does anything, then you are officially approved for your trademark and everything's good to go more than likely what happens though the first time you file if you're choosing anything that is even remotely 
in the common English language, like say, for instance, monument without adding the limited, you're not going to get approved. If yours is uh, Superfly, you're not going to probably get a, approved for that, but you might get approved for Superfly screen printing, but only in the, at the category of printed apparel or, or printing or job printing or something like that. There are a lot of caveats to it. Uh, if you're really concerned about getting a trademark approved, I would make some shit up, dude. Like, I would make up a name like Pepsi, right? Like, Pepsi was super easy to trademark because it was P-E-P-S-I. It's not a word. If you combine a bunch of letters that create a sound that you can then trademark, that's going to be the easiest way to get approved on a trademark, like a simple one. I applied for a, a trademark of number one, letter B, number four, and it kind of was like a shorthand for one before. And it got denied for that because somebody else had a trademark of B4, which was letter B, number four. So adding a variation a lot of the times won't allow you – you still probably won't get approved for the mark. Okay, actually, you can talk about trademark stuff for fucking ever. I'm not a lawyer, so don't take any of the shit that I'm telling you to heart or as fact or any of that kind of stuff. But it's kind of a pain in the ass, but not really. It just takes a long time. But your average time is going to be about a year from the time you actually file till the time you get approved. Hopefully, that helped. That was the long-winded version of an answer. I tend to do that, so I think you all are you're comfortable with that. All right, let's move on to the next question here. This is from Jamie Lineback. Thanks for calling in, Jamie. Here we go. Hey, Cam. It's Jamie Lineback calling from Portland, Oregon. Long-time listener, first-time caller, got to say it. Um, I hope everything is good. You've had a good week last week. Thanks for all you do. Um, love the show. And um, I have a technique question for you. I, uh, I feel like I'm having trouble with my print consistency. My, my prints are looking a little bit different from the start to the finish of a run. And, it, I, I mean, it's the inks. It feels kind of really thin in the beginning, and then it gets thicker and thicker as I progress, and it prints always look better as I go on throughout the run. Uh, you're printing on water-based. Um, so I just wanted to see if you had any guidance on that for me. Um, I use strictly water-based yeah. and I stir the ink really nice before I start, but I, it's just not yeah. great. And I'm doing some jobs now for people and I'm worried about the print staying consistent throughout the whole run and just looking yeah. identical the whole time. So Anyway, that's my question for you. Um, I'll see you soon on the live show, and have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Right on. Thank you so much for calling in, Jamie. Um, before I answer that, I'm just going to go to the chat and make sure we're, we're killing it here. Hey, guys, uh, let me know if you can hear the questions okay. Uh, and um, was it loud enough? She was talking a little bit quieter, but was the first one louder? Was it, everything good? Uh, what's up, Gary H? Oh, and my man Will Daly is throwing me out another super chat. Thank you so much. Do I still use Fusion 180? Mm, dude, I love the print, the final print of it, but dude, it's just too hard to print manually. If I were an automatic shop, I think it would be the only plastisol I use because of the, the print is clean, but first one was louder. Yeah, okay, so that was just Jamie's phone. That's okay. As long as you could hear it, we're good, though. All right, so to your, aunt, to your uh, question, Jamie, so... I got to start by telling you, I am I'm not a water-based authority. I, I, um, it's it is a tough it's a tough 
product to print with manually. It can be done, but it's tough. And you are right. When you start out, it's really thin, almost too thin, right? It doesn't give you the coverage on the garment. But then as you're printing, it starts to get a little thicker and it's, it, it gets that nice middle ground where it's laying down good coverage, but it's not clogging. And then it starts to turn in to concrete or fucking paste. And that's when things start falling apart on you. Now, I've heard some different theories. Some say you don't use a lot of ink. Some say you fl you flood that screen with ink. I mean, you just drench it in way more ink than you need. So there's two different th schools of thought on that. If you look at a lot of automatic shops that print water-based ink and you look inside their screen, it's like flooded with, with ink. So I don't know. Um, we just had a job today, and the thing totally fell apart. We were, we were printing water-based ink. Uh, it's getting super hot here in Phoenix, so there's a lot of things that ate in that. I'm surprised because I know that you've just started that you're are, that you're diving into it, to it that quick, man. Because it is tough. I think if you haven't really gotten the finesse down of just printing a white plastisol on black, and you're really good at finessing the squeegees and all that stuff, if you're learning on water based, I mean, goddamn, I wouldn't want to learn on it. So. Kudos to you for just diving right in. We did find that you can chill the ink, and that does extend the drying time a little bit by cooling it. What else is there? What else is there? I'm just, I'm just not a, I'm not an authority on it. There's all these different little things you can do, but at the end of the day, the only real trick is you keep it moving. You can print through when it's a little runny and as it starts thickening up, but when it gets when you start feeling like it's starting to clog up, it's better to just zap all that ink out of there. You could put it in a secondary container. You can add water to it a little bit later, but then you refresh it with a new batch of ink, right? So you're constantly cha almost changing the ink out. That's the only thing that we have found that truly works with drying. Now, you can set up misting systems. You can mist it with a water bottle, but that gives you these a whole other series of problems that you start dealing with. It's tough. But this is what I'm going to do for you, Jamie. I'm going to find a water-based printer, and we're going to get him on the damn show, and I'm going to pick his brain for myself and for all of us, and we're just going to get the answers from someone that does it all the time. We're going to figure it out for all of us. Ideally, I would like them to have started on it manually, and they need to know all the tricks of the trade on the manual thing. Uh, we do find here in Arizona it's easier in the winter months. When it starts getting hot is when all the problems start creeping up. So I didn't really answer your question. I did the best I could, but I'm just not an authority on the stuff. The only We can print discharge. That's what we're good at. When you have to, st when you have to start doing multiple prints with flashes and underbases and water bases, it's, a, it's tough. It's tough. Anyway, thanks for the question. Sorry I didn't really give you any good answers. Ah. Okay, moving on. We got Linda Aronia. I said that wrong, but let's let's play her message. Hey, Cam. This is Juan oh. uh, from Waco, actually from uh, Liberty Graphic Design. And uh, I, I haven't been able to be in on... Um, um, What's up, Juan? You're the man that gave me that hat. That sent me the two hats that you embroidered with the monument logo, dude. Thank you so much for those. Thank you for calling in. Let's see what you got to say. Uh, on your podcast, watching it, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that last last time I saw you or your show, that you were a little frustrated with uh, <laughs> with the people not coming or not 
showing any support. And uh, I just want to say, man, you, I oh, mean, shit. It's, it's, forgot about what that. What you're doing is pretty cool, man. It's, um, it's a lot of inspiration to others. Uh, I don't know if you remember us, the one that sent you that hat with that, uh, with your logo printed on the bill. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's not what I'm here about. <laughs> it, I just want to say, man, that you do have a lot of support. I mean, come on. You know, I started making videos. I Oops. Did I just lose you guys? Did I lose you? Ah, shit. I think we might have cut out. Let's see. Hey, Cam. I mean, or not. Here we go. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that last, last time I saw you or your show, you were a little frustrated with uh, with yeah. the people not coming or not showing any support. And uh, I just want to say, man, you, I mean, it, it's, what you're doing is pretty cool, man. It, um, it's a lot of inspiration to others. Uh, I don't know if you remember us, the one that sent you the hat with the, uh, with your logo printed on the bill. Uh, anyways. That's Sorry, guys, I'm, I'm playing this again. It, I just want to say, man, that you do have a lot of support. I mean, come on. You know, I started making videos at the beginning of the year. Thanks, Juan. That's when I started watching you, and you had 5,000 subs. Yeah. Right now you have 8.8. .8. You gained 3,800. I think we're at 9,300 um, now, 9,400. You have a lot of support, man. People like you. The people love you. So Thanks, Keep Juan. Keep on what you're doing. You're doing a great job. I enjoy watching your shows. I enjoy just about everything you do. So, again, you know, I just wanted to say we're here to support you. Um, keep up the good work, man. We we, we love you. Cool. Thank you. See you later. Damn. Damn, Juan. Thank you, bro. I, I appreciate all the kind words. It's weird. I get real itchy and twitchy when, when people start giving me compliments. But you know what, dude? Honestly, I needed that. I, I uh, YouTube growth is slow, and when it's when when you have to exert so much effort, uh, and the growth is kind of anemic, it, it it can get frustrating. But I had to also remind myself that I said I was going to do three months of vlogs, and then I was going to take a month off, which is kind of what I'm doing, uh, and that'll just help me keep my sanity. So I'm not. I, I was, yeah, I guess I was a little bit cheesed off, but I'm over it. It was just a thing, man. I was going through some shit, but thank you so much for. For calling in and reassuring me that you're into it, dude. And I know you guys are, man. Like, the channel, even though I haven't been posting, is still growing and subs and views and stuff. So, it's all good. Uh, I do would really love for the subscriber count to also translate to my average video upload viewer count. But for some reason, that's not happening. Like, goddamn YouTube, man. I don't think that that's you guys' fault. I think YouTube picks and chooses... Yeah, see, I get itchy, dude, when I get complimented. I think they pick and choose what shows up in your feed and your notifications, even if you have dinged the bell. Go YouTube, right? Anyway, brother, I appreciate it again. Moving on. Let me go to the chat, make sure everything's playing clear. Everything going good, guys? Good to go. All right. Uh, let's see here. This one is from, looks like, uh, Jacob Green. Let's see what we got. Hi. I had a question because uh, I just started with my screen printing business, and uh, I did get my first order, and the registration was off on some of it, 
and I kind of flubbed it up. So how would you, as a professional, approach that and try to reimburse, say, a screen printing uh, flub? Thank you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so thank you for calling in, Jacob. So you're wondering, you know, what your best practice is as a business owner to your client. Well, first and foremost, you have to reprint it, and it's got to become a priority. Even if you have other jobs in the queue, man, you got to order them garments right away. You got to bring them back in. You got to you got to try it again. Now, if you have an old press, you know, and it has problems with registration and it falls out during production, that sucks. You might want to consider getting a new one like right away, finding something else right away. But uh, if you think it was just some oversight, you got to reprint them. Now, if on the second reprint, again, they're not uh, up to the quality that you're comfortable with that you're actually willing to hand over to a client sometimes man honesty is just the, the best goddamn policy it was for me in the beginning even if i was embarrassed even if i if i didn't feel good about the print um i would show it to them i would kind of gauge the reaction a little bit but if i saw you can kind of tell when a client their shoulders slump a little bit they may not say anything um i would instantly tell them look I'm new. I'm new in this industry. I'm just figuring stuff out, and this this thing got fudged. Um, this was the best that I could do right now. So these are for you, just for your time, right? Um, if this will work for you, great. But if not, you know, you may have to recommend you bring in some help or, or send them to another printer that can handle it. For now, you're just getting started, and. They may let you yet yeah, try again and do another one, or you could just tell them, "Look, I've got to upgrade some of my equipment. Once that stuff's upgraded and I can hold better registration, then we'll um, then uh, come back to me and we'll we'll do it right next time." I don't know, dude. There's so many ways to handle it, but what I have found ultimately is you got to reprint it, and then honesty is the best policy, dude. If you're new at it, you just tell them you're new and you make some kind of deal. Sometimes they'll just accept a 50% refund and then they'll take the products as is. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios that'll play out. But dude, just be humble. Like With your clients, just being humble, is it'll, it takes care of it, pretty much everything. But thanks for calling in, Jacob. That was awesome, bro. I appreciate you guys taking the time to actually call in to this show. This is fun, man. I like this way better than having to read the chat. And it's more interactive. All right, next one. Now, I ha just keep in mind, I haven't listened to any of these, dudes, so there could it could get, you never know. Hey, Cam, this is Brian Buska. Yes, you're saying my name right. Uh, wanted Good. to know if you got the slappers that it's I sent a tough to you. One. And also, question. Brian, I did get the slappers. I just filmed a video with them, brother. I appreciate it. Um, it's in the vlog that will probably be posting on Saturday or Sunday. I did just kind of like a weekly one. I'm kind of enjoying those right now, but it's, it's, you'll see it coming up shortly. Thank you for those, by the way. That ceiling that you're talking about and hitting it and going further and stuff like that. How many of you were doing only one color and two color jobs and not doing CMYK and then broke over? Or is it just a lot of one and two color stuff out there? Because I seem to only do one, two, three color jobs yeah. and never any wet on wet crazy mix thing so i'm just curious what other people do yeah thanks um okay yeah for us dude in my shop yeah we barely anymore we barely get any of that simulated process stuff or any weird cmyk stuff 
Uh, in the beginning, when we first opened up, we we did get a lot of it, and I'm not sure if it's just the universe, like equalization of the universe. I don't know what it is to get all get weird on you, but it does seem like when your capabilities are there. It's when the work comes. It's that if you build it, they will come kind of scenario. I don't know how it works out that way, but it does seem to work out that way. Uh, also, there's probably some of that that you kind of try to avoid taking it on if you're not ready for it. If, however, you're ready for it, you start producing samples and you start putting those samples out. If you have samples of that kind of complex printing on your site and, uh, you know, word starts to get around and then, you know, you... you you start acquiring the clients based on your capabilities, I think. And like for us, we're just not really equipped, nor do we really want to do all that simulated process stuff, so we don't get them. Uh, it's weird. And I think that if something does come up and it is like that, we pretty much turn it down. At this, like We've been turning it down for a few years now. We're just, nah, it's not for us. There's a printer this way, there's a printer that way, there's a printer that way that, that would be more than happy to handle that shit. So it does just come down to your intent and whether or not you want it, I think. Um, but for us, it's all spot colors, dude, all day long, and I'm happy with that. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in, dude. Oh, looks like you got another one here. Hey, Cam. This is Brian Buska. I'm in Missouri. Uh, yeah, you're saying my name right. Oh. Hey, did you get my slappers that I... Oh, okay, never mind. This is like a duplicate for whatever reason. That was actually... Your topic, by the way, was from last week's one when I got cut short. Uh, but thank you for calling in anyway that, in regards to that ceiling. Um, did I answer that question properly? I think so. Good enough. Yeah, hopefully. Hey, Cam. It's Anthony from Epic Print Shop in New Jersey. What I up, love Anthony? everything that you're saying on the uh, podcast. And I just wanted to add a little something. There are no overnight successes. You really have to grind at this thing all the time. I've been grinding since 93, and I finally just automated it um, this month. So uh, good luck with everything that you're doing. Keep on doing what you're doing, loving it all, and uh, I'll be tuning in more and more. All right, Dude. have a great day. Dude, thank you for calling in, Anthony. Yeah, you, you, you hit it. You, you're... Um you're backing up what I was saying, and it also backs up something I talked about a long time ago in that just because somebody next door to you is moving at this pace, it doesn't mean it's it's the pace that you should be moving at, right? Everybody has their own trajectory, and it's really nice to hear you confirm that kind of thing, dude, because especially for me, we've been going at it like however many, five, six years now, and a lot of shops that have only been going at it for a year are already automating with all these, and it's just like, well, what the fuck? So I have to remind myself of this. And also, you have to ask yourself if that's what you even want. All right? Sometimes it's better to stay small, I think. It depends on what your goals are. But thank you so much for just calling in and reassuring that. Um, and in regards to that glass ceiling, again, that's from the last episode that got cut short. Uh, and yeah, dude, I think, I think you're right. Now, there are different rates of growth for each individual business in person, but... Um, my understanding is no matter what, if you keep plugging at things, man, like at some point it, it, you break through. You just got to keep pushing at it. The trick is to not keep doing the same thing over and over. You do the same thing for a while. If that doesn't work, you got to change it up, right? You got to try something new. You got to do something new, not just try something new. And you got to do that for a while. And if that doesn't work, then you change it up again. That's the process. Thank you so much for calling in, my friend. Excuse me. It's weird. I get I get real burpy when I talk a lot. It's a thing. It happens. Um, 
Moving on, we got T. McElhenney here. And guys, just because someone's called in and they're asking a question uh, that maybe you are wanting the answer to doesn't mean that you can't call in with a similar question. Just maybe a, a slight variation. Uh, and every show's a little different, so it's also okay to ask the same questions over and over again on this live show. So even if you just want to get featured, feel free to call in. Moving to, um, I don't know who this is. Hey, Cam. My name is Tim McElhenney. I'm Tim on McElhenney. the site right now just checking it out. Um, and when I go to services, t-shirt printing, soft steel t-shirt printing, down at the bottom you have your specials. It says check out our incredible specials. Uh, broken down into white t-shirts and color t-shirts, but <laughs> on the color t-shirt side, on the right side, the bottom two specials for 50 white tees, uh -huh. or for 50 tees and 100 tees. On the color side, it still says uh, 100 white tees. So, just a little heads up. Wow, that is like, I can't even believe you found any of those pages. Any of those pages that had specials on them? So, apparently on my website, There are pages that are like old pages that shouldn't even be up anymore. T-shirt printing. Ah, I see. Okay, dude, thanks for the heads up. Uh, I will fix that. That's just some old shit that they shouldn't even be, they shouldn't even exist on the site anymore. But thank you. Up on that. But yeah, I was just going to your site. And another thing, when I go to uh, cheap T-shirt printing. Yeah, more more of those old pages, dude. And they're click on they're pointless. Click for cheap t-shirt printing prices and it brings me to the uh, you know the product categories page where uh, I could pick out what t-shirts and everything mm -hmm. is there any way to make it so the top row of t-shirts are the lowest the mm. lowest cost t-shirts because right now it goes and what I'm seeing is yes yeah, so Again, we're not doing any updates to the old site, but on the new site, there will also be filters that allow you to filter by price, lowest to highest, highest to lowest, filter by color, all of these different things. So, yes, we are addressing that because it's a nightmare. On the original layout of the products page for my site, what I wanted was a really clean – again, I'm a streetwear fanatic. So I just wanted this really clean, almost gallery type of layout. From a practical standpoint, though, the product shots should be the model shots. I've I've come to find. I, I feel like people interact with them more, and they're it hits them more when it's when it's a model shot. But on the system, we're going to give you the printer when you use the system the option to pick whether you want the model shop to be featured or whether you want the ghosted image, the ghost image, whatever you call it, to be featured. Thank you for that. Thanks for letting me know. Six forty two on the top row. But if you scroll down. Uh, the Anvil 779. I know they're two different, uh, like one is male, one is female, but the, on the third row, they have shirts, it's shirts for 352, 315. So is there any way to make it so those are up top? Yeah. Uh, but Not I'm yet. Really looking forward to the software and um, thank you for all your content and everything you do. Hi, right, bro. Bye. Right on, Anton. Thank you so much for uh, letting me know all that stuff. And yes, most of those things are being addressed on the new system. Uh, but yeah, if you guys see anything like that, be sure to let me know. Or just throw me a DM. Either one. But thank you, Tim. Or McKellen. I think it was Tim, right? Okay, now this one, I don't know who this is. 
doesn't have a name. Good day, Cam. This is Sam uh, calling from Australia, the east coast of Australia, nearly lunchtime on Thursday. Uh, what up? All the way from Australia. Thank you so much for calling in, Sam. Shit. That's amazing. I've I met a couple of you guys out there, man. I met a couple of y'all at the... Um, the ISS show. We went and had a couple beers after the show. It was a good time. Good people over there. Uh, good night to you all. Did you see me just uh, kind of half-ass try to being real insecure about it, but I wanted to do an Aussie uh, fucking accent right there, but then I backed out. It's pathetic. I wish I could, if I could nail it, I would I would I would have done it. Just a quick question, Cam, about uh, water-based things. Oh, there it went. I think we just lost you guys. Did we lose you? How's it going, guys? Are we still on? Because something just cut. I don't know what it was, but... Can everyone still hear me? Okay. Okay. Still here. All right, guys. Let me see if I can get this playing again. It did some. It did some weird shit, and, and, and it cut. Let me try this one more time. Well, good day, Cam. This there we go. Customers typically know the diff uh, water-based sink as opposed to Sorry. nearly lunchtime on Thursday. Here we go. Uh, good night to you all. Just a quick question, Cam, about uh, water-based sink as opposed to plastisol. I'm sure, you get asked a lot. I want to know whether your customers typically know the difference, whether they ask for one over the other, mm -hmm. and whether they're more environmentally savvy, for example, and you know really care about water-based inks, whether they don't give a hoot about which one they use, and also where you make a decision about that. So I know yeah. you use both inks, um, but why would you use water-based ink? Um, uh, yeah, that's my question. Thanks so much. Um, the main the main reason you use water-based ink is the hand like compared to plastisol even with premium plastisol printing techniques like the like defibrillation and the flattening hit and all that stuff water-based is still thinner discharge printing which is still water-based has the lightest hand of all of them right uh, and then the next option are those the more high opacity water-based acrylics um, which layeth a deposit of ink on the top of the substrate, very similar to Plastisol, but it is a thinner deposit of ink. And even when you do a print flash print, it is smoother. The problems with water-based is the drying time, especially when you're doing a lot of prints, flash prints. Sometimes the screens have to sit for a little while. That's when the problems start to come up, in which case it's just always a lot of the times easier to revert black back to Plastisol. Now, in terms of the customer... They, they don't care what ink they really, unless it is environmentally conscious customers or customers that um, already know what the differences are because maybe they've had them both printed. Most of them don't care until you deliver that first product. What I have found is you need to have extreme samples of both. You need to have extreme samples of Plastisol and maybe even an example of Plastisol that's not the best version of your print. And then also you need to have in a, the examples of, of water-based, both the discharge white, uh, discharge white on a blend, 
and then um, re regular acrylic water-based whites and, and colors on both cotton and a blend. And then they can really get their hands on it and feel. Most of your customers won't know what they want until you hand over the first batch. And then in which case you find out if the print you did was good enough because you hear from them again. Most clients, you will find that even if they're not happy with your job, they won't say anything. They just don't come back. And that's the goal of us as printers is to fucking do the job and have them be so happy with it. It meets their expectations first time, and then they come back to you. And with my experience, and from what I've seen when we do pull off really good water-based prints, they look better. They just look better. But they're so much harder to pull off. And I haven't really figured out all the tricks yet. I'm working on it all the time, but haven't figured out all the tricks yet. I, I suspect, I truly suspect, that when you start getting into three and four color water-based jobs, especially all acrylic, not discharge, it seems to me that automatics are the way to go, mainly just because you can keep that ink moving all the time. I'm going to leave it at that. But thank you so much for calling, dude. All the way from Australia. Jesus Christ. This morning for you right now. Thank you, dude. Uh, moving on. Let's see what else we got here. What's up, guys? What's going on? This is Ryan. Ryan Beats. Hey, Cam. What's up, brother? Hey, I'm just calling to say... Ryan, what's happening, my man? He was my PIC along with Sonny Gray at the ISS show. You guys probably saw the vlog. Anyway, if you guys haven't checked him out, go check out Rye Beats or Ryan Perez on YouTube. It's one of those two. Y'all know him. Anyway, let's go. Uh, what's up to everybody? And so I can't make it into the show on Wednesdays, but uh, that's it, man. So I want to say what's up. Oh, and, uh, cool. Do the good work. Oh, wow. Dude, that was weird. Oh, sweet, man. Thanks for calling in. That's awesome. Just calling in to shout out, guys. So make sure that y'all let Ryan know that you're there and that you're happy. He's calling him in. Whatever. Let him know. You care. That's it, guys. That's all of the things. Let me refresh this one more time just to make sure. Oh, one more. We just had one come in. Okay, let's get this last one played out here. Yeah, yeah, this is Grizzly Wheeler, and screen uh, uh -oh. printing's really cool and all, but on a side note, am I the only person freaked out by the show Black Mirror on Netflix? Thanks. No, you're not. No, sir, you are not. It's a terrifying show. And uh, that was a great, alarmingly perfect accent. I mean, dude. You got the short end of the stick on the uh, in the accent department, I think. Black Mirror is terrifying. Uh, it makes me fear for our future. What the Twilight Zone did in the, whatever that was, the black and white era, Black Mirror is doing in the uh, the digital era. I'm terrified of everything now. I'm terrified of computers. Terrified of cell phones. Terrified of social media. Uh, terrified of uh, smart cars and everything in between. Thanks to Black Mirror fucking black mare and grizzly by the way this is a shout out to you i know that you are a connoisseur of water-based printing and uh if you are interested in having a conversation live on the show i'd love to get you in here man start talking about some stuff got a lot of questions gotta pick your brain on some things i feel like you've got a pretty good basis that could that could help us all out man so let me know just dm me on instagram and we'll work something out 
That's the end of the show, guys. This was a good one. We didn't cut out. You know what I did? I turned my cell phone off. I turned any other uh, anything else off that could be sucking up bandwidth so that we didn't cut out. I think that was the trick. Um, thank you for hanging. Thanks for interacting with me on the Print Life Live Video Podcast. And just keep in mind, guys, we do this every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Now, I don't know what kind of viewership we had. It looks like right now we have 53. Did we hit a hundo? I don't think we did, man. We're low. I think I've been skipping some shit, and I think some motherfuckers just got bored of tuning in, whatever the deal is, but our numbers are low. So I need all of you guys to share the living shit out of this. Get people coming back, man. We're back. We're in the game. We're on it now. Uh, anyway, uh, don't forget, guys. Normally, uh, well, nah, this doesn't even apply because I'm not doing YouTube right now. But I will be back on YouTube upload shortly. Uh, keep your eye out on Saturday because I do have a vlog, a week-long vlog coming. Experimenting with some different ideas, just playing around with stuff. Nothing major. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Be sure to call that 800 number, uh, uh, 800 hotline to, to ask your questions. Now, yeah, we, we went past, so I'm not even going to hit the chat questions today, guys. So ultimately, if this thing still keeps moving, the majority of the questions um, are going to get answered through the hotline. So call the hotline. It's way cooler. Take care of yourselves, Print Fam. We will see you next week, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Y'all are awesome. Peace out.